Welcome to the Equipping You in Grace podcast. We are so excited that you are joining us for the show today. This podcast aims to explore a biblical life view in a conversational tone. Let's join our host and founder of Servants of Grace, Dave Jenkins, for today's episode. Thanks so much for listening. Welcome back to the Equipping You in Grace podcast. My name is Dave and I'm the host for this podcast. And today we have a bit of a special episode. My buddy Joey Tomlinson is going to uh, talk with me, ask me some questions about uh, my past, about depression and anxiety, uh, triggers that I have um, and those types of things, how to deal with it, what help I've I've gotten um, on this topic and those kind of things. Uh, Joey, welcome to the Equipping You in Grace podcast. Would you just tell us a little bit about yourself and what you do ministry-wise and maybe a little bit about your education. Absolutely, brother. Thank you for uh, having me on. We were uh, praying right before we pressed record, and I was just thinking as I was praying, like, how long have we known each other now? I, I really don't know. Um, I don't either. Probably like four or five years. Uh, I think, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, so, no, thank you for having me on. Um, yep, my name is Joey Tomlinson. Uh, I'm over uh, on the other side of the states so, here. The wrong, um, the wrong coast? On the wrong coast. <laughs> <laughs> the, um, I live over in uh, Yorktown, Virginia, and uh, I am a pastor at a local church here, a local Baptist church, and uh, Coastal Community Church, uh, and I have been here uh, on staff for about 14 years, and uh, am pastor, I'm a biblical counselor, and um, got my education from uh, Southern Seminary, I just finished a doctorate of ministry there in biblical counseling, and um have a beautiful wife and uh, named Brayden, little boy named Henry Jacob, and another one that's showing up here in about three weeks, Lord willing, uh, named Owen. So uh, extremely blessed and, and grateful to God. And uh, I have wrestled with depression and anxiety in my own life as well. And Dave and I have exchanged information, uh, just uh, info about this issue. And and, uh, and Dave graciously offered to give me a little bit about a story. And as we talked through potentially doing that, it kind of progressed to, hey, let's turn this into a podcast. So yeah. uh, thanks for being willing. To let me interrogate you, brother. Uh, I'm already for the hot seat. <laughs> You're usually on the other side of this. Right? That's right. That's right. I've been interviewed a few times, but not not uh, not not as nearly as much as I've put people on the hot seat and uncomfortable. Well, you'll have to give me grace because I have never interviewed anyone. This uh, is my my first time asking a bunch of questions to somebody on a podcast. So, oh, uh, you'll uh, do great. We'll see what happens. So, I guess I'll just dive in if that's all right. Go for it. All right. So, uh, probably the ground level question that we need to deal with is uh, just like give us a little bit about the the history of your your own personal struggle with depression and anxiety yeah well I won't go too far into that because I could literally talk to you for hours and nobody wants to listen for hours so um, we'll just uh, we'll give you a brief summary our listeners well when I was little I was diagnosed with ADD I was put on Ritalin from a very early from from my very early childhood I'm not sure exactly what age um, I had a lot of energy um, in my early teens I was I was taken off 
off Ritalin. I was put on uh, Depakote and Wellbutrin and Zoloft. Um, I was about a freshman in high school at this time. I was diagnosed with ADD, bipolar, um, uh, for depression and anxiety. My mom was concerned at the time that I was suicidal um, because of my parents uh, getting divorced and those types of things around this time and had no motivation or desire to do anything. Um, at the age of 17, I was taken off all of this medicine uh, by a friend of uh, my middle brother. Um, she was a very experienced nurse. Uh, she felt, given her years and years of experience working in hospitals, that I didn't have any of those. None of those diagnoses were correct. ADD, ADHD, bipolar. Uh, within a month, my behavior leveled out. It changed. I remember I uh, played varsity golf my junior year, and the golf coach walked up to me. Uh, we would talk every day and all those things, and he would ask me what was different about me. Um, he noticed, and others were noticing um, after I got off the medicine, a positive difference in my behavior, just my overall demeanor and those types of things. Um, I haven't been on medicine since since that time. I'm 38, so coming up here on, um, I guess it has been a little over 20 years now of not being on any medication at all. And, and just to be clear, uh, you know, I, I'm not a doctor. I'm not saying, I'm not a psychiatrist or anything like that. So I'm not advocating that you get off medicine if you're on that medicine. You know, there's people that need that. Uh, I'm just saying like, I didn't need it and I've been off it for a long time and um, I don't have any problems. Um, so I, I told this, my golf coach at the time in my junior year, uh, I told him, no, I, I'm, I'm no longer on any medicine. Well, he said, whatever the change was, it was very positive and others were noticing a positive, uh, the, the, a difference in my mood and my behavior and all those things. Um, throughout my 20s and 30s, I'm 38 now, I, I struggled with depression and anxiety. It's, it's continued with uh, various periods where I'm good and various periods where I'm not. Um, we're going to get into the things that uh, have helped me, uh, but in the past two years since moving from Southern Idaho to California, my depression and anxiety seems to have gotten better. Um, I seem to probably have had a seasonal affective disorder. Um, so, you know, I lacked certain vitamins and those types of things probably. Um, the, the only thing I can contribute that to that or whatever, and I'm not a, a PhD or psychiatrist, is that I, like I said, I had a seasonal affective disorder. Um, and all of a sudden I'm getting down here in Southern California it really helps. Like even when I was up recently in Seattle, I could tell the difference. You know, so I'm not sure what all that is about, but, and I honestly don't really care, but I just know that I, I feel better overall when I, when I have lots of sun and, and those kinds of things. And so that, that really helps. No, that's good. I actually hear, uh, about, uh, seasonal defective disorder, uh, pretty, pretty regularly in re relation to depression specifically. And so I was curious as to you moving out of California with the extra vitamin D and the good weather and being able to be outside all the time, if that did have a positive impact on, on you. So. Uh, I, I have a co-worker friend of mine who she used to live in Florida and Florida's not didn't have as consistent of good weather as California does but um, there's a lot more sun it's the sunshine state and uh, <laughs> and she, she has noticed a difference between uh, in regards to her emotions living in Florida versus living uh, here in, in the state of Virginia too um, so in, in those seasons even just over the last couple of years like when you feel anxious or when you um, you you begin to feel depressed like what are some of the triggers that you have found um 
that. Yeah, that's a good question. Well, um, one big one has always been money. <laughs> and uh, obviously stress is one of them. And uh, another huge one is has been family issues. Um, so when I when I feel stressed, I will, now that I'm in a better climate, um, I'll, I'll go out and I'll hit golf balls. So that really helps me. Or go on a walk or go on a walk and listen to music. Or um, I, I do read a lot, as no doubt people know. Um, but I don't read as much as people think it would actually surprise people how little i actually do huh just like six books a day uh no but when i do read when i do read i probably read a couple books a day um so there's that i do read very fast i always have and always have been able to retain what i read for the most part so don't 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 quiz me on that but uh (laughs) But uh, family issues uh, have always have, have definitely caused cause can be caused for depression and anxiety. Uh, just we'll talk about uh, open and honest communication, but that that really has been a, a big thing for me. Um, trust because of my family past and the pain I've experienced and those kind of things has has been a huge thing for me. So learning to trust people was big and. Uh, uh, those kinds of things because of my past and um so yeah when i when i get when i get triggered or whatever i i just have to go pray and like everybody and you know I, a lot of it is just realizing what your triggers are so so i think that a lot of christians they may not even know like what what triggers them you know um or what that even looks like i think i think having having people that have, that know what their triggers are helps um and then you can ha- ask them like how do you how do you know what triggers do how do you know when you're well for me that that um I feel like I really when I get anxious or uh, for example I'll really tighten up um, a lot. So my mood will change. Um, I'm normally pretty even keeled and and um, easygoing, but when I get really stressed and triggered, um, <laughs> complete opposite. Uh, leave me alone. I mean, lots of time to be alone and, and just get back in a good frame of mind. I think that's true for all of us. Um, when I'm depressed, that's that's harder. Um, that, that, that one has been harder. There'll be periods where, I mean, just like the other day, I was depressed for no real reason other than I I felt like it was spiritual warfare and, um, there's a lot of that in my life. And, you know, I just woke up in a really foul mood for whatever reason and it just didn't go away. And I, and I just realized, you know, a lot of that is just spiritual warfare. And, and, uh, so I don't know if that's helpful. Yeah, it's super helpful. So what, what would, um, if, if we were interviewing Sarah, what would she say or some things that that she notices about you in those seasons of anxiety or seasons of depressions and and how and then how does she help care for you a lot of the time she'll recognize it before I do um, a lot of the time I don't recognize it at the time but she she's uh, extra patient she'll be extra patient I might be uh, less than patient um, or it's like when I get burnt out I know like my emotions feel extra crispy extra um, I'm, I'm probably more extra sensitive or those kind of things and so so she just helps me and I'm like well what are you I'll ask her like what she'll either tell me or I'll ask well what are you seeing or or whatever and she's like a lot of it is just for me a lot of it is spiritual warfare um so I'll get I'll I'll start believing Satan's lies that I'm you know (laughs) and I know this isn't true that I'm worthless and you know um I'm searching for a pastor job and so that's a big thing for me um you know I don't have that position and as we've talked about over text those kinds of things so she just encourages me you know you're doing a good job which I hear all the time and I believe 
that. You know, I give thanks to God for that. But uh, it's still, you know, the reality of it and trusting God's timing and His plan and purpose and those things. So. That's good. The, so what have you found to be some healthy coping mechanisms? Well, uh, this will surprise probably no one that, that knows me well. Uh, Bible reading has been huge. And, and by that, I mean reading the Bible every day. You know, some people think that's legalistic to say. And I think that it's absolutely critical that we read the Bible, um, you know, to to get into God's Word, to, to hear what He has to say to us. Um, a big thing, I'm a big advocate of friends, close friends. So being open and honest, um, you know, the basic Christian things that we could say, regular church, regular local church attendance, serving the Lord wherever you are, uh, reading godly books, no surprise, um, exercising so for me that is walking um, I, I I in the probably the past five years open and honest communication with trusted Christian friends has, has really helped me a lot um, but I can also say that I, I, I can tend to swing more towards talking to somebody about stuff because of my personality and less about spending time in prayer about it um, so there's there's a balance there um, I would say since moving to California especially being away from the support group, the large support group that I had in Southern Idaho, um, that has become, I, I probably swung a little bit more towards just praying. You could never really go wrong with that. Um, so I spend more time uh, praying about it than I do probably talking about it. Um, but that doesn't mean that I don't talk about it with trusted Christian friends either. Um, so preaching the gospel to myself from the word has been really, you know, learning about that from, you know, the Puritans, uh, Joe Thorne has a book on it uh, praying the word don whitney that that has just been um huge for me and then uh the another thing that's always been helpful is is good worship music so like shane and shane i listen to them a lot those kind of guys uh, beautiful eulogy you know i might listen to some others but those are i listen to a lot of shane and shane and that that seems to help so what's a favorite album what's a favorite shane and shane album you like i like the new one um hymns that's a great album yeah, yeah. yeah. love some shane and shane what um, are there when you do Bible reading, especially during those seasons of depression and anxiety? Have you found particular passages to be comforting? Um, um, I mean, certainly there are have been periods where I'll I'll go through the Psalms, you know, Psalm forty and forty two, other Psalms, or, or just reading Scripture in general, um, thinking about it. Whether I'm right now, I'm studying First Samuel, so just reading that over and over again is what I what I like to do, and or uh, just other passages, whatever I'm whatever I'm in, is just helpful. Um, if there's a specific thing that I feel like I need to, to study, I'll I'll do that. Um, a particular topic where I think I need to to you know dig deeper into that think about some more i'll do that but by and large no i don't do that so much anymore i used to um not that i have it all figured out at all but i just uh i'm not at that i don't really feel like i need to do that so i would imagine that some of the listeners may be wondering uh when you talk about a trusted Christian friend, like being in community um, during those times of depression and anxiety, like what does it look like to be in community? Like what are the things that you're saying to those friends? What are the things that you're asking for? And what have you found to be helpful to hear from those friends and un- even unhelpful at times to hear from those friends? Hmm, that's a good question. Uh, I'm looking for the kind of friend that um, that I could trust. So, you know, somebody that uh, shows an interest 
somebody that obviously has the same sort of basic, uh, has some spiritual maturity, maybe some theological education, somebody that I can actually talk to about these things and they understand what I'm talking about so I don't have to give a lot of the background and explain anything. Um, some things not to do. Uh, don't don't sympathize if you don't actually struggle with it. Every I think every case of depression is different. Um, you know, there's different types of severity. Like I would say previously my my depression was severe. Um, look at the medication I was on. The doctors thought it was pretty severe. Uh, they they put the kind of the kind of med to put this in language that people can describe. And I was told this: the kind of the level of medicine that I was on was the kind of medicine that they would put a cancer patient about to die on. So that was the kind of uh, my my depression was severe. Um, and you know, so I wasn't that I wasn't the typical person. You know that. Um, wasn't the typical person that just struggled with it. But I, I do want to say every case of depression is different. And just because I, I've made the mistake in, in counseling friends, I'm like, well, this is my experience and maybe superimpose that on them. And um, that's not really that helpful. Even even if you do have that experience with depression, that's not, that's not, um, that's not helpful. Um, I would say, I would say, you know, I'm sorry to hear that. And, and at, maybe ask lots of questions like you're doing and just figure out where, what, what's going on um try to provide some some medicine just i think the biggest thing that a person can do is just to listen um and that's hard to sit and to listen you know we want to as men we want to provide answers but um as christians we can sit and and not give an answer uh to to anybody and just say i'm i'm sorry um i'm gonna i'm just here to listen and let me let me pray for you let me give you a hug that that breaks down so many walls and and at least for me it makes me want to open up to that person more um so if that's if that's somebody i'm not saying like you never say anything or anything like that um i'm just saying like we need to i think a less advice and counsel is is better um and then and then you know if you can't help that person just just do that you know just say hey and and let the person know you know i don't really have anything to say to you um other than to pray and to listen to you but i'm i'm more than happy to do that for you and maybe encourage that person to go to somebody that has uh, like yourself uh, more biblical counseling or maybe they need to go to a doctor and, and recognize hey you know medicine isn't bad you know some people think that it's bad even in the biblical counseling world I know and um, you know God in his common grace gives us uh, gives doctors wisdom and, and medicine can be can be helpful um, it also can be very bad so I, I could talk a long time about that but um, I think that people need a lot more wisdom and to be to be less focused on that and to, to uh, we need to walk with one another we need to take each, I guess what I'm saying is each case is different. Each person is different. So we need to be much slower on that and, and to provide a more individualized care rather than a cookie cutter approach. That's good. What do you think? No, I, I mean, I agree with a lot of that. I mean, it, it, it's a, um, I have found that people can be very quick to speak, right? And so there's there's a piece where um, we may need to lean into to James and be slow to speak and, and we need to hear people and we need to listen generously to people and um I have found that the longer I listen to people, the better equipped I am to care for them and to love them and uh, to remind them of who they are in Christ. And uh, and I don't want to give opinions that aren't grounded in, in the Word. And, and I think sometimes, especially in relation to depression and anxiety, there's so many opinions 
out there. Um, right. Uh, you mentioned one about about medication, right? Yeah. There's of opinions about medication, and I loved one of the things you said earlier. Yeah, we're not medical doctors, we're not psychiatrists, and and so I don't want to pretend to try to be some sort of expert on that. Um, yeah. But regardless, if we're wrestling with biological depression or anxiety or some other type of depression and anxiety, we all need to be counseled from the Word. We need to weep with those who weep, mourn with those who mourn, link arms with brothers and sisters, and and do life with them. And so, and I have found just in, in my own life, um, particular brothers and sisters, my wife included in that, that have cared for me. Some of the um, the uh, the best moments of care for me have been when they have just sat with me and uh, and didn't even say anything. They just sat. <laughs> And um, that ministered to me more than they'll ever know. I didn't feel rushed. I didn't feel like I had to even rush past my grief. Uh, I felt like I could grieve, and they wouldn't reject me. And um, and there there's something uh, that feels safe about that. Yeah, I I agree. I agree with all that. I just don't. There's some Christians like like I I went through a period where I was totally against medicine, but I don't think that we can be totally against medicine. But I also am not saying that medicine is the solution. It's sure. not. It's it's a tool. It's a tool that God can use, um, but it's not uh, the first thing that we should should use. We just need to be be careful about it, and uh, because our secular culture. I mean, I, I could say a lot. We just they they dump kids kids today they just put them on medicine for yeah. to because they get uh you know they, the doctor gets more money and yeah. so we have to be we have to be more careful with medicine as christians and really think on a case-by-case basis if that person actually if, if what we're saying isn't helping you know there's there might be more going on and so that yeah. that's all i'm trying to say there and not other than other than what you i agree absolutely with what you said you know so yeah i've, I've found that you know in the secular world there's an over emphasis on a body on the body and there's no acknowledgement of the soul and then sometimes in the local church capacity there's the rightful acknowledgement of the soul and there's an under emphasis or neglect of the body yes a truly christian approach is to acknowledge both body and soul and um and so that's the only way i think we're we're balanced so no so thank you for the the warning and encouragement um what so speaking of local churches and and this may uh may be we run into similar answers to what we just finished teasing out but for those people that are connected to local churches that are listening which i hope is most people um me too what 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 can local churches do to care for our brothers and sisters that are struggling in this area well my my answer will surprise you not at all um it starts with the it starts with the leadership of the church uh a plurality of of elders uh so when talking about depression and anxiety i think it would be helpful if preachers bible teachers those who are in leadership would share personally how they've struggled with anxiety and depression um in appropriate ways which i could talk about as well um um, that way people don't feel like they're all alone. A lot of people just come and they feel all alone. That nobody understands. Um, nobody's gone through what I'm in and, and we've talked about that. Or if they uh, haven't struggled, having somebody from the congregation share before the sermon about their struggle with anxiety and depression, that could be helpful. Maybe that could be recorded and be and be brief. I, I, just a thought. Um, and the reason that's important is that depression and anxiety, they, they thrive in darkness. So bringing it out into the light is absolutely essential. We talked about open and honest communication 
Um, that starts best with the leadership of the church and creating a safe place for struggles to come out in the open. Yeah, I mean, I was um, you and I were talking before we recorded. I was telling you that our our, our uh, local church is finishing a four week series on emotions in the Christian life, and and one of the weeks we spend an entire sermon uh, working through depression and anxiety uh, from a biblical worldview. And this Sunday night we are uh, gonna work through some questions that our members submitted to deal with the topic and and I have been uh, encouraged by how many people um, this series has ministered to just because the subject has been taboo for so long in, in local churches and and uh, people are, are I think encouraged by the fact that the church is dealing with it because if the church doesn't deal with it there's a vacuum and vacuums always get filled with something and so um, we want our local church to have a biblical worldview that's good yeah, yeah. what would that what would that what do you think that looks like for a pastor to talk about that what do you what do you think I know there's a lot of different opinions on that as well but what do you think that would look like so I preached the sermon on depression and anxiety here and I did actually start off uh, by sharing some of my story and my own wrestle with it and uh, and it was uh, I was surprised by how many people reached out to me and told me how um, engaged and approachable this this sermon was because I shared that story right out of the gate and um, and so I think it them the freedom to confess allowed them the freedom to to um, talk about it even in their own small group capacity when they were working through the sermon and so yeah uh, and then and then I just worked through Psalm 77 Psalm of Asaph and, and worked through what uh, uh, how, how the Psalms can give us language around our depressions and um, I think our body was really encouraged by it that's awesome so last couple of questions here um, I just wanted to see if you had some like what are some of the best books you've read on depression and anxiety and what are some good website resources that you would point folks toward well website resources david murray dr david murray has a has a whole list of books and articles uh you can go over to his website at headhearthand.org slash blog uh click search for depression and anxiety you can find a lot of articles from all over the internet all sorts of perspectives on it books uh well david murray has a great book uh it's it, i haven't heard any real negative feedback on it christians get depressed too running scared fear worry and the and the god of rest by ed welsh um anxiety anatomy and cure by dr bob kellerman uh depression looking up from the stubborn darkness by ed welsh of course the classics uh spiritual depression its causes and cure by dr martin lloyd jones yeah those are great verses any any of that you any of that i missed in adding yeah I recommend all the books, and um, uh, a couple that I, one that I read recently, uh, Depression, Anxiety, and the Christian Life. Uh, I don't agree with absolutely everything in that book, but there's some really helpful, really helpful um, ways that Baxter cared for people in his congregation that wrestled with depression, and I have found it. I have found it to be helpful in regards to giving people some handles on how to care for people with depression and anxiety. So, um, so that's a good book published by Crossway as well. Oh, good. Good stuff. Well, Dave, thank you so much for inviting me on the podcast, man, and letting me put you in the hot seat for a change. <laughs> yeah, it was fun. Thank you. Yeah, man, absolutely. Thank you so much for listening. We hope that you were encouraged by today's episode. Don't forget to subscribe and leave us a review wherever you get your podcast. For more uplifting and thought-provoking content, 
please visit us online at servantsofgrace.org. You can also follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Servants of Grace and on Facebook at facebook.com slash servants of grace. We hope you have a blessed day and we will see you next time.